Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Did you notice uh, all the benefits of wisdom? That's not the sermon passage for today, but uh, wisdom is all throughout the Word of God, especially in the book of Proverbs, where that passage came from. But as you scroll, as, we, as that video scrolled through, Did you happen to pay attention to all the benefits that those verses told us about wisdom? Let me just remind you of what it said. Let me tell you some of the benefits that we just saw on that screen. Wisdom, we are blessed when we find it. When we find wisdom, we are just simply blessed. It is more profitable than silver. uh, It brings better returns than gold. It is more precious than rubies there is nothing in the world that compares to wisdom it brings long life it brings riches it brings honor Uh, its ways the ways of wisdom are pleasant and peaceful Uh, it's a tree of life if you grab it and if you hold fast to it it's a tree of life. And we, again, it ended with the same word we started with. We're just blessed. We are blessed when we find and have wisdom. So when I hear all of that, that sounds pretty good to me. Amen? And it sounds like something I want. It sounds like something I need to go hard after. If all of those things are mine, if all of those things can be mine, as I go hard after wisdom then it sounds like something I really need to go hard after, and every Christ follower ought to be going hard after wisdom. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I read a story uh, about a proud young man who came to Socrates. And he came to him and he was asking Socrates, the great philosopher, for knowledge. Socrates was a big muscle-bound kind of guy, and so Uh, This kid came up to him and said, Oh, great Socrates, I come to you for knowledge. So Socrates recognized a pompous numbskull when he saw one. And so he took the kid and said, Well, come on and go with me. So they walked down this street. They got down to the beach. They walked down the beach, down to the edge of the water, kept walking out into the sea about chest deep. And so then... uh, Socrates turned to the young man and asked him, so now, what is it that you want? And the young man said, knowledge, O wise Socrates, with a smile on his face. And Socrates put his hands on his shoulders, plunged the kid underwater, held him there for 30 seconds, held him underwater for 30 seconds, let him up, and then said, young man, what is it that you want? So the kid said, "Uh, wisdom, wisdom, O great and wise Socrates. And Socrates plunged him back under the water. Held him there 30 seconds, 35 seconds, 40 seconds this time. Socrates laid him up. The the young man's gasping for air. And Socrates says, what is it that you want, young man? And the kid tried to to get between his heavy breathing. He he stammered and said, knowledge, knowledge, oh, wise and wonderful. And Socrates back under the water, held him under the water. 40 seconds, 45 seconds, 50 seconds. Let the kid back up and said, young man, what is it that you want? And the kid said, air. I just want air. And Socrates said to him, when you want knowledge as you have just wanted air, then you will have knowledge. And the same is true for us 
when we want wisdom as much as we want the air that we're breathing right now, then we're going to have wisdom. We're going to talk about wisdom today. We're continuing in this study of the book of James, a faith that works. The book of James, incredible book in the New Testament. We're going to be in it for a few weeks now, and we're going to be in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. So I hope you got your Bible with you. Grab it and open it up to James chapter 1. It's over close to the back of the New Testament. Uh, if, you get to he, uh, if you get to Hebrews, keep on going one more. It's right after Hebrews. If you get to First Peter, you've gone too far, so back up one. If you get to Revelation, you've gone way too far, so keep going back about four or five books, and you'll get to James. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. I hope you got your Bible with you. If you don't, uh, you can grab your, if you've got it on your phone, uh, you can pull it up. Or if not, just listen as we stand together and let's, uh, let's read uh, this passage of Scripture. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. James writes and he says, if, if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord because he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways. May God bless the reading of this passage of Scripture. Let's pray together. So help us now, Lord, by the power of your Spirit who is present with us and in us and among us now to hear from you and to respond in obedience. God, because if we don't respond in obedience, just like the verse of Scripture we're memorizing right now, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, if we don't respond in obedience, we have not worshipped we may have worshipped ourselves, or we may have worshipped something else, but we show sure hadn't worshipped you. So Lord, help us to obey you today as you speak to us by your Spirit as we gather around your Word now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much, you may be seated. Alright, so back to the book of James. We started it last week. Quick little review, snapshot of the book of James. Uh, I was talking to Spike Crawford when I came out of the 8.30 service. He stopped me, he said, he, he said John... Uh, James, the book of James is my absolute favorite book of the Bible. He said, I bet you I've, re uh, he said, I bet you I've read it five times just this week. And uh, he said, I just love it. He said, uh, he said it's, it's a book that just tells you where the rubber meets the road. And I, I told Spike, I said, I'm going to use that in my next sermon. And uh, it, that's the truth. That's why James is one of those books that just, it does grab you. There's a lot of folks that say, man, I love the book of James because it's just practical. It's, it's, it's kind of a, um, um, it's got that real life, I ain't playing <laughs> kind of feel to it when you read James. And that's why we like it so much. I mentioned to you last week, some people see James as kind of like the, the, the book of Proverbs for the New Testament. Proverbs in the Old Testament, that, that passage of Scripture from, uh, from, that we saw during the video there is from Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is just filled with real practical things on how to have a good marriage, how to treat people right, how to do this, how to do that, how to have wisdom, how to, all this kind of stuff, real practical. And, and uh, James is the same way in the New Testament. Uh, Tony Evans said this about James. He said, James is the in-your-face, no-holds-barred apostle. And he really is. I mean, just that's, the way, that's what you get when you read read James and, and Tony goes on to say James says in essence check this out he said if you're going to be a Christian be a real one can I get an amen I mean isn't that the truth if you're going to be a Christian be a real one and that's one of the reasons why 
I really feel like the Lord led me months ago to, to preach this passage of Scripture, these, these, this book of the Bible right now for us. I think that's a good message for us. If you're going to be a Christian, then be a real one. Uh, don't, be, don't be playing. Be a real one. Do what the Word of God says. Do live like God tells you to live. And Tony goes on to say, this book explains what practical Christianity looks like. It's about, listen, it's about living out your faith in everyday situations with everyday people and doing it victoriously. Living out your faith in everyday situations with everyday people. And to be able to do that, to be able to live your faith out in everyday situations with everyday people, we have to have wisdom. Because those everyday people and those everyday situations, and especially those everyday people, can sometimes be pretty challenging, right? I mean, we can really have some stuff that we've got to deal with, with the people that we deal with every day and the situations that we face every day. And right now, all across this room, There are people dealing with everyday people in everyday situations. And for some of you, those situations and those people are in your family right now. You're dealing with situations in your family. Everyday people in everyday situations right now in your family. For some of you, those everyday situations and those everyday people are in your workplace. For some of you, you, the, the situation is a financial situation. For some of you, the situation is a health situation. For some of you, the situation and the people are church-related. Because you're a deacon. Or you're going to let your name go on the deacon ballot as we get ready for elections. Or you teach a life group. Or you're on a committee. Or you're a church staff member. And you need wisdom. We need wisdom. Every day. Especially as we deal with y'all. We need wisdom. I mean, we just need wisdom. For some of you, your situation is a sin issue. It's a sin issue. It's an addiction issue. It's a pattern of behavior that is causing difficulty for you and for everybody else, your loved ones and a whole bunch of other people. And you need wisdom from God to know, God, how do I get out of this? I don't want to be here. I don't want to stay here. I don't want to cause this pain. God, help me to get out of this. Because the truth of the matter is, some of the messes that we get in are messes that we cause. Amen? We do. I do. I don't want to hear any amen on that, please. But I do. I mean, I do. And we need wisdom, y'all. So here's the reality for all of us here today and every, every person in this room. Every person in this room and every person that's watching this service right now and every person that will watch this service in the days to come, we all need wisdom. The playing ground, the the playing field is, is level today. We're all standing on the same field right now. We're all standing in the same place right now. Every last one of us need wisdom. And I'm not talking about the world's wisdom. I'm talking about God's wisdom. We need God's wisdom. And here's the cool thing. God's the creator of wisdom. (laughs) Why would you go to anybody else? Why would you want to go to anybody else? Go to the one who created wisdom. Go to the one who is the source of wisdom. Go to the one whose spirit is the spirit of wisdom. The Holy Spirit. 
It's the spirit of wisdom. Listen to these verses. Jot, I know a lot of you like to take notes, so jot these verses down. You can go back and look them up later. Listen, listen to, I'm going to give you some Old Testament verses and then one uh, little passage from uh, the New Testament. Listen to these verses. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29. 1 Kings 4, 29. Listen to what it says. And God gave Solomon. If you know your Old Testament, if you know Old Testament, when you think of Solomon, what do you think of? Wisdom. Wisdom. King Solomon, man. God came to him and said, what do you want? What do you want? I give you anything. You're going to be the king. I'll give you anything. You can have riches. You can have, you can have all the material things that you want. You can have anything, Solomon. What do you want? Solomon said, I want wisdom. And God said, okay. <laughs> that was the right answer. And because you said that, I'm going to give you all the, wisdom, all the wisdom that you need, but I'm going to give you the riches. I'm going to give you everything. Solomon was extremely wealthy. But he asked for wisdom, and 1 Kings 4.29 says, And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand of the seashore. Who gave Solomon the wisdom? Say it. God. Jot this verse down, Proverbs 2.6. Proverbs 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom who gives wisdom the lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding god ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 18 listen to this wisdom is better than weapons of war it's better than weapons of war jeremiah 10 verse 12 jeremiah 10 12 it is he god it is God who made the earth by His power, who established the world by His wisdom, and by His understanding stretched out the heavens. You know what that means? That means when you walk out of here today, you walk and you see that blue sky, and you see those clouds, you see that sun shining, you see those birds flying, you see that squirrel run up that tree, and you see that deer cross the road on your way home and stuff like that. You say, good man, God's wisdom created all that. Tonight you step outside and the sky is clear and there's stars out and there's a moon out. And, or you get to watch the sun go down today and yesterday was a beautiful sunset. Did y'all see that yesterday? It's just this. You just go, man, God, God did that. His wisdom, His understanding created that. You go to the beach like Vicky and I did a couple of weeks ago and you go and sit on the beach and watch the, the waves come in and just listen to that sound and you see the sun come up. Over the gulf, you see the sun go down over the gulf, and you just go, you see the moon come up, beautiful picture. Y'all saw me post on Facebook, just incredible. You just go, God did that. You go to the mountains, maybe you're a mountain person, you see the grandeur of the mountains and, and all that kind of stuff, and you hear an elk bugle and all this kind of, man, you just go, man, God did that. Wisdom, God's wisdom. And then listen to this, Ephesians chapter 1, 16 and 17. Paul, praying for the people in Ephesus, the, his brothers and sisters in Ephesus, he said, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you my, in my prayers. And here's what he said I pray for, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in your knowledge of Him. Paul prayed for the people in the church to have wisdom. On Fridays, when I pray for all of you on Fridays, and I take that time and I put the, 
the, ch- the entire church rolled in, in front of me, and I start praying all the way down through all and calling your names out to the Lord. I don't know everything that's going on in every one of your lives, and I don't have time to pray for everything that everybody in, in the entire church is going through. But you know what I do know? I do know if I don't do anything else but call your name out before the Lord, that God in his wisdom knows what you need. Amen? And sometimes I pray that for you. God, I don't know what's going on, but just give them wisdom. God, if they don't know you, I don't care if their name is on this roll sheet for the church. If their name's not on your sheet, God, they need to know you. I pray that you'll come to know Jesus. And if you do know Jesus, that you're walking with him. And the only way you can walk with him is if you're walking in wisdom. That's how important wisdom is. So... The wisdom that God gives to His children enables us to live under His dominion and His control in every area of our lives. It's not just about having knowledge and facts and figures and, and, uh, and, and uh, intellectual knowledge about who God is. It's about knowing this is who God is, this is what God has said, but wisdom says this is how you live it out in your life and that's what God gives to us. That's what He gives to us. So here's the application for this message The wisdom for life is available to every Christ follower. Wisdom for life is available to every. I should have put the word every in all capitals, underlined it, italicized it, and put it in purple. Not purple. Not not as a Mississippi State fan. Not purple. But in red or something and highlighted it or something. Because every... When I say every, I'm talking about every Christ follower. Wisdom for life is available to every Christ follower. Listen to me. If you, if, you, if you lack knowledge, you go to the classroom. If you lack wisdom, you go to your prayer room. Because God gives it. So let's talk about wisdom. Let's talk about, let's talk about number one, why we need wisdom. Let's talk about why we need wisdom. We don't need wisdom because we're dumb. <laughs> We need wisdom because we're desperate. We need wisdom because we're desperate and there's three reasons. We simply need wisdom and there's three reasons we need it. Number one, because of the tests we face. We talked about this last week. First message in the series was out of James chapter 1. Talked about the tests and the trials that we face in our lives. And we need wisdom because of the our faith being tested because listen to me my brother and sister your faith is going to be tested it's going to be tested i guarantee you that some of your faith was tested since last sunday when we gathered in this place and if it wasn't then you better hang on for this week because it's coming your way this week that your faith is going to be tested. There's no getting around it. These tests are coming whether we want them to or not, whether we're ready for them or not, whether we see them or not. They're coming. You know, when you go to school, you t- when you take a test in school, you're going to give knowledge back to the teacher. The teacher, the professor says, this is what you need to know for this test. They may even give you a study guide and say, here, know these things. Here's your study guide. So you go home, you study the study guide, you come back the next day for class, you take your pen and paper out, you take the test, you turn it in. If you gave the correct information back, you get 100 on the test. Because you knew what the test was about, you knew what information was necessary, and you were able to just regurgitate it back to the teacher or the professor. When tests come in our lives, we need more than just that knowledge. We need wisdom. We need wisdom, the capacity to understand, but also to act wisely. 
I understand this is, this is why I'm in this test. Sometimes we understand, sometimes we don't, but God's wisdom will help us to act wisely no matter what the test is. Why do we need wisdom? We need wisdom because of the tests we face. We need wisdom because of the times we are in. Look back at James chapter 1, verse 1. Look at verse 1 up there. Remember who James was writing to. James, a servant of God, the servant of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to the Jews, the Christians who are in the dispersion. You see that word? If you've if you got the NIV, it may be to those who are scattered or those who are dispersed. Remember who he's writing to. He's writing to a bunch of Christians who have been scattered all across the known world. And the reason that they are scattered is because of persecution. So they were forced out of their homes. They're forced away from their friends. They're forced to go live with people and live in places they've never lived in before. They're forced to, they're forced to leave their livelihood, leave family members behind and all this kind of... You think some people were in some, in some difficult times. These people were. And certainly James says, man, y'all need some wisdom because of the times that you're in. But think about the times we're living in right now. The times in which we are living now are growing increasingly difficult for Christ followers. And you parents and grandparents, please listen to me. There's something I'm tremendously burdened about. I haven't even talked to Michael about it yet, but he and I are going to spend some time talking about it for sure. Something I'm extra, and I, I, I think I really started thinking about it, praying about it, and got burdened about it while I was on vacation. And that is this: that there is, there is this great falling away that's happening now. Now, there's a part of me that's excited about that because the Word of God says that as we get closer to the return of Christ, that more and more people are going to fall away from the faith. So that's why you see a whole lot of churches who are drying up now. And churches where people aren't doing anything. Churches where people don't want to be a part of it. They don't go to church anymore. They don't do this. They don't serve. They don't do anything. Because they're falling away from the faith. Because that's what the Word of God says. But here's what's happening to a whole bunch of... Michael, I know you can support this. A whole bunch of young people, high school students, college students, young adults just out of college. They are what's called deconstructing their faith. They are deconstructing their faith. How many of you ever heard that word? Raise your hand if you heard that. They're deconstructing. Let me tell you what that means. They are, they've, they've grown up in church. Some of them are sitting in this room right now and have the potential that a year or two, five years from now, they're going to deconstruct because they're here in church and you've, you've done your best to give them the Word of God. You've done your best to teach them about Jesus. You've had them in church since they were in diapers and all this kind of stuff. You've done everything that you could do. And then they get out from under your protective bubble. They get out from under the protective bubble of this church. They get out from under the protective bubble of Tri-County Academy. And then they go out into the real world and start living. And they, their faith gets challenged. And they start hearing things that they've never heard before. And, and, and it, the enemy takes it and says, that makes sense. And they start deconstructing all the stuff that you and I have put into them. I got a call just a couple of, or a contact a couple of weeks ago from a longtime friend of mine. Great, great Christian, she and her husband. Strong believers in a tremendously strong church. Been there their whole life. Brought their kids up in that church. I mean, from preschool, children, youth, all the way up. Just great, great, great Christian people. Have two sons, both of whom are out of college now. One of them is married, got kids, and the 
in their 30s, early 30s, late 20s, early 30s. And the mom contacted me the, a couple of weeks ago. And she said, John, my heart is so broken. She sent me a message this long. My heart is so broken. Both of them have walked away from the faith. Both of them have said, I don't believe this stuff anymore. I don't believe it. It's a bunch of uh, fables. It's a bunch of myths. It doesn't make sense. I don't believe it. I'm done. It's happening everywhere. It's happening everywhere. And if you and I are not people of wisdom, it's going to happen to us. The times that we're living in. We've got to have wisdom for the times in which we're living. Listen, listen, y'all know that Alistair Begg is one of my favorite preachers that I listen to. He was quoting a guy this past week in a sermon that he preached. And he said, listen to this, he said, since 1960, listen, since 1960, the divorce rate has doubled, teen suicide has tripled, violent crime has quadrupled, two, three, four, violent crime has quadrupled, uh, the number of people in prison has quintupled. Illegitimate children has sextupled. That's six times. And the number of those people living together, cohabitating before marriage, has increased seven times. That's the times in which we're living. And we better have wisdom. Because the times in which we're living demand that the people of God have His wisdom. Because without it, you are doomed. You are doomed if you don't have the wisdom of God in the times we're living in. I believe that with all of my heart. There's another reason because of the temptations we encounter. I'm going to be preaching on James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15 in a couple of weeks, but take a look at those verses. Let me just read them, make a comment, and then we'll keep on going. Look at James 1, 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. God doesn't bring temptation. We know that. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it, is, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. It starts with temptation. I, I, I know tons, and you do too, tons and tons and tons of Christian people. Christian people who have shipwrecked their lives and the lives of people in their lives, loved ones, family members, churches, all over the place, because they have looked away from God's wisdom and have looked at the wildly attractive temptations that Satan has placed in front of them. And they've shipwrecked their lives. And everybody else around them. Bill Elliff, who preached our revival a few weeks ago, said this, you, get side, you can get sidetracked by a sideways glance. Why do we need wisdom? We need wisdom because of the tests that we face, because of the times that we're living in, because of the temptations that we encounter. Second question then, so, so let's keep talking. Let's talk about how God responds when we ask for wisdom. 
How does God respond when we ask for wisdom? Let me tell you something. I love this book. Amen? I love this book. Do you love this book? Amen? You love the Bible. Listen to me. One of the things I love about this book is that it is filled with promises that are mine. Promises that are my promises. Promises that are for me and for you if you belong to Christ. And in James chapter 1, we see one of the greatest promises in the Bible. We see this, if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And God gives it. Period. Exclamation point. You need wisdom, you ask God, God gives it to you. End of story. Now wait a minute, John. That's not, yeah, okay, well tell me, what, tell me what I'm not reading there. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously and, and gives generously to all and he'll give it to you. God will give you wisdom if you belong to Jesus. He will give you wisdom. He is a real God who gives real wisdom for real life if you will ask Him for it, if you belong to Jesus. That's one of the greatest promises in the Bible. And when you look at these promises, when you look at that, how God responds, and you look at that, you see some of His attributes. It says, we see his generosity. He will give generously. Listen, God ain't tight-fisted. He's not tight-fisted with his generosity. Man, if you are his child and you ask him for wisdom, he just pours it out to you. He lavishes his wisdom on you if you belong to him. He gives it, we see his generosity. We see, we see that he gives it lovingly. We see his love. He says he gives generously to all. He gives generously to all. We see His love. Man, God loves all of us equally. He doesn't love me more than He loves you just because I'm a preacher. He doesn't love you more than He loves somebody that lives over in the trailer park. He doesn't love you more than He loves somebody that's got a different color skin than you. He loves all of His children equally. And He gives generously to all of His children. Children, in other words, man, we just, we give, we ask God for wisdom, and because He loves us, He says, all right, here you go, here you go, here you go, you need wisdom, here you go. So we, He gives it generously, He gives it lovingly, and then He gives it gracefully. We see His grace, we see His generosity, we see His love, we see His grace. It says He gives without reproach. Now, I guarantee you, they, they has anybody in this room used the word reproach any time this past week in a sentence? Okay, I didn't think so. All right, all right. So let me tell you what that means. It means without finding fault. If you got the NIV, it says he gives without finding fault. The Good News Translation says God gives generously and graciously to all. In other words, what that means is God's not up there and, and when you... When you come to him in the midst of trouble, in the midst of difficulty, and you need wisdom, he doesn't go, there he is again. There she is again. Same thing. Why? When are you ever going to learn? Isn't that just how we do it? Isn't that how we do it? That's not what God does. And when are you ever going to learn? Here you are again. You messed up again. You done blown it again. You think I'm gonna give you? You think I'm gonna give you some more wisdom now? After you asked me last week, and now you hear back asking me for wisdom. Guess what? Yep, sure does. Well, I don't deserve it. You, you show you. That's the smartest thing you've said all day. You don't deserve it. 
You don't deserve any. You don't deserve the air you're breathing right now. You don't deserve to be sitting in this room right now. I don't care if your granddaddy or your great granddaddy gave the land that this building's built on. You don't deserve to be sitting here. It's grace. And God gives his wisdom to all of us without reproach, without finding fault, without going, man, you're so stupid. Why you do this again? He just gives you wisdom. <laughs> he just gives you wisdom. God just gives you wisdom when you ask him for it. But what condition must be met to receive wisdom? There's one thing, one thing, and I've got to wrap this thing up. It says, verse 6 and 7, when he asks, you've got to ask in faith with no doubting. Now, look, you, you see those words, you go, man, that, that, blow, that knocks me out because I doubt all the time. I struggle in my faith all the time. So is that what God's, is that what he's saying? Is that what, you know, who of us has not experienced some kind of doubt in the midst of our struggles? And, and in fact, a lot of times our struggle is because of doubt. So is what, is James saying that if we've ever had a moment of doubt that, the, well, you can't come to God for wisdom anymore because you're doubting. That's not what it is. Listen, let me tell you what he means. Let me wrap this thing up. It does not mean that we have to try to psych ourselves up when we ask God for wisdom. Okay, I'm not going to doubt. 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 Okay, God, give me wisdom. That's not what it's talking about. Look at what it says there. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, that person must not suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man or woman, unstable in all his ways. You've got to have single-minded devotion. In other words, that mean, what it means is you don't ask, hey, God, give me wisdom. Now let me see if there's something else. Somebody's going to give me this better than that. Oh, yeah, God, give me wisdom. Uh, now this looks pretty good over here too, though. That's what gets us in trouble. That's what happens to us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually had people say this. Whenever, whenever somebody starts a sentence with this statement, this phrase, yeah, well, I, I believe the Bible, but then you don't believe the Bible. You know, I believe the Bible, but this just looks better. I believe the Bible, but this just feels better. And you're unstable when you start doing that double-minded junk like that. That's when you don't get the wisdom. You're going to get it. You're an unstable man. You're an unstable woman. You're not going to get wisdom. It's like this. It's like a person. You ever seen these videos of somebody that's standing on the side of a swimming pool? And usually, usually it's a woman. And she's standing on the side of a swimming pool. And there's a raft right there, a little floaty right there. off to. And so she, she's, going, she's going to step in that floaty. Y'all know, y'all seen this. She's going to step into it. And when she does, that thing starts moving. She starts moving. And then within five seconds... She's down. She's wet. I mean, just bam, into the water. Totally unstable because she's, this thing starts moving away. And that's the picture. It's what we do. We go, you know what? I want to try to, I want to, try to have my foot in the kingdom of God with God, but I also want to have my foot in the world. And make sure I'm not missing something that the world got. Make sure I'm not missing some kind of wisdom that maybe the world can give me. And as soon as you do that, then you start moving away from the Word of God. You start moving away from the Word of God. As soon as you say, you know what, I want to try what God's got, but I want to keep my, try to keep my one foot in each world. 
You're a double-minded person and you'll never get the wisdom that God has for you. There's one condition, one condition to be met. You've got to have single-minded devotion. Single-minded devotion on Christ and Christ alone. So, the title of the sermon is Got Wisdom? So what about it? You got wisdom? You need wisdom? You got something going on in your life? I mean, the truth of the matter is we all do need wisdom. We, we all need it. Well, I know we said that earlier. I guarantee you there's somebody in here that you've got a pretty acute need for wisdom right now. You're kind of in a spiritual 911 kind of moment right now. And you need some wisdom. Family situation, church situation, work situation, something situation. And you need some wisdom. Hey, come, come ask God for it. If you want me to pray with you about that, I'd be honored to do that. I'm your pastor. I'd love to do that. But here's one more question. You got wisdom, yeah, but here's the other question. Have you got Jesus? Because if you don't have Jesus, you will never have wisdom. Yeah, I mean, you can do things the way God wants, I mean, the way the world wants you to do it. You'll never have the wisdom of God apart from Christ. You got to have Jesus. So do you need to come to Christ today? You come to Jesus today and be saved today. Get him so that you can get the wisdom that he will give to you. That's the wisest decision that you'll ever make. Is to come to Jesus today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, will you help us now during these moments of invitation, God, to do what you have called us to do, Lord, to be wise in the decisions that we make right now. Lord, for those that need Christ, God, that right now they will call out to you to be saved, Lord, for those who need wisdom because of what they're wrestling with and struggling with. Lord, I pray that they will ask you for that wisdom and, God, they'll trust you to give it to them. So help us now during this invitation to glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.